there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit. We're at your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So today's episode happens to be about community, building community while you travel, before travel. And before I get into that, I would like to remind you that you can join the travel and shit community. Uh, don't forget that there is a travel and shit newsletter, which I sporadically send out. Um, I've been sending a few more emails this month, if you will, just to introduce you guys to the guests that I'll be having for my first live travel and shit, um, podcast episode recording. That will be about a, is it about a month from now? It's almost a month from now. It's going to be on, um, well, a little under a month because it's on August 21st. Uh, that is a Sunday and it'll be at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be having a conversation in reference to a James Baldwin essay that I came across. And I'll get you guys more information on that at the end. But definitely a reminder at the top to sign up for the Travel and Shit newsletter. And you can do that by going to travelandshippodcast.com. And there is a little uh drop down that you can select at the top of the screen or on any of the more recent episode pages. If you go to the episodes tab and check around for an episode that you haven't listened to yet, you can also join the newsletter by, you know, just going to that page and it'll, you know, it'll be a pop-up at the end of the page. So to today's episode, community. One of the concerns that I hear people mention the most or that I come across being at the top of new solo travelers lists is the fear of being alone, right? Of this would be the first time that I am venturing, uh, not necessarily out of the country anywhere, if you will, because this could be a domestic trip that you'd be a little uh, apprehensive about or an international trip either or, um, but people tend to be concerned with going at it alone and not having friends or family to accompany them on the trip. That being said, um, I personally can suggest because I've been there before that there are multiple ways to quell those apprehensions to catch you up. If you are new here, I didn't leave the country until I was 30. So I was a full grown adult. Um, I'd done my fair share of domestic travel. I essentially would go state to state and visit my friends and family in other places and basically just stay at their houses. Simple, right? Cousins in Virginia, I'm a pull up. Homies in NOLA, I'm a pull up. Um, friends in Virginia, uh, I'd say Virginia, DC. I got cousins in DC, Maryland, been to all those places to see them. Um, I ended up going on a girl's trip to Miami once. Uh, that's pretty much it. And by girl's trip, I went with my ex-boyfriend's sisters. So it wasn't, it was less of a girl's trip and more of like a family trip. Like they loved me like a sister. So, you know, shout out to Liv and Mo. 
Uh, so they definitely were protective, like big sisters as well. But I'd done most of my traveling in a bubble, if you will. I may have flown or driven to the destination on my own, but once I got there, I knew that I was going to be met with people that I was comfortable with and that I felt safe with. That not being the case on my first international trip, um, which was to Bermuda, that ended up being a little bit of an easier leap for me to take because I knew that, God forbid, something happened. I'm three hours from New York. My mom is going to pull up. I'd be good. Her passport is valid and she going to come get her baby. So, you know, that first trip wasn't too scary for me. But I will say that the reason it took me so long into my adult life to leave the country is because I was under the impression that travel was not for me. My, the picture, the story I told about travel was that travel was for people in relationships, people with, you know, groups of friends that they could travel with, people with families that could afford to all go together. Or, you know, you had to have the perfect job so that you had like, you know, the amount of money that it would cost to get you out of the country. And then I started digging around and I realized, hmm, this is doable. And you know why I started digging around? Because I tapped into what my first um, suggestion on building community around travel would be. And that was creators, influencers, friends, um, me, podcasts, content creators. I absolutely was inspired to leave the country via social media seeing and i will say inspired to leave the country as a solo black woman traveler because of social media i was you know presented if you will with the picture of other women my demographic in terms of like age um presence of mind, if you will. Um, I'd say I won't social standing isn't a good way to put it, but like I'd known, did I know Anissa before? I'm trying to remember where I met Anissa because Anissa and Marissa both. Yes. Both women have been guests on travel and shit. Um, interacting with their Instagram pages way back in like 2006, 2017, especially Marissa and her uh, Unicorn in Brooklyn blog. I do not know that, I do not know if she is still working on that blog, but I do know that she does have an incredible um, retreat option for solo traveler women. So stay tuned for more information on that because a plug, if you will. I love, you know, just sharing the resources in my network, in my community with other people. Um, that being said, seeing Marissa's content, she does an, a beautiful job. She is such a storyteller. She did a, such a great job um, documenting and chronicling her experiences abroad. And Anissa was really the one that put that final battery in my back when I saw Marissa and I'm just like, all right, so this is attainable. This is doable. This is something she looks like me. She sounds like me. She feels like me. I feel like 
I want this similar experience. I'm going to do my best to go about and get that. So I started putting out the call for travel agents or, you know, um, people to help book the trip. And Anissa was like, this girlfriend, you can do that by yourself. You don't need a team. You just need the internet. And that was it. That was the beginning of my 20, I'd say about 20 or so solo countries that I've been to. And I did the majority of my traveling between 2017 and right at the beginning of 2020. January 2020 was my last uh, solo trip. After then, I'm now partnered and I enjoy traveling with my partner, but I am not far removed from being a solo traveler. So I got y'all covered. If solo travel or even travel with someone, and if you happen to be the party in that, um, that group that happens to be a little more apprehensive because maybe the other members of the group are, I don't want to say more cohesive, but if you feel as if you'll be a, a third wheel, if you're traveling with a group of friends where it's just like, yeah, I know everybody, I know some of y'all, but maybe not everybody. So you feel like, Ooh, this might feel like a solo trip because I'm not really part of the team, whatever your reasons, this episode, I got you covered. So like I stated earlier, community outside, right? Like community, uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be your immediate friend group. So social media podcasts, you're here now with me traveling shit podcast, content creators, um, and friends basically just tap in, get some info before you go check out whether it be their content, their offers, the put yourself in the space to receive that influence, if you will. Um, I personally love Facebook groups for travel community. One of my favorites happens to be led by Wanda of Black Women Travel Podcast. She is also a guest that will be um, joining the discussion with me for the live episode on Sunday, August 21st. Um, And Wanda has Black Women... Oh, she's got a couple of different groups. There's, I want to say black women nomad entrepreneurs. I'll put the links in the description box because I don't want to misspeak and have y'all search it for something that's not there. But Wanda has an incredible, incredible group um, on Facebook for women that are interested in travel. There are also, uh, let's see, I want to say it's black women travel on Facebook, no madness group on Facebook. And that's not, you know, just black women. There are men as well in that group. Um, and then I'm certain that there are people that, um, don't, that are non-binary, um, in the group as well. Um, but no madness, black women travel and Wanda's black women travel group which I will put the link to in the description box because great resource are my personal favorites in terms of the Facebook community of travelers that I would suggest that you join. Uh, Black Travel Alliance is another one that's coming um, to mind as well. Uh, But 
those are there as well. You can absolutely jump in the group, post a message. Hey, I'll be going to X, Y, and Z. And I'm particularly looking for accommodations that cater to handicapped individuals. Um, shout out to Fletcher Cleves, who for one has made me more aware of the difficulties in booking and securing reservations and accommodations that truthfully, truthfully, um, provide what they say that they're going to provide, right? There may be, um, hotels and the such accommodation providers, uh, event spaces, whatever places that you would need access to. There are many of them who claim to be handicap accessible and then aren't. Um, so if you are in the market for handicap accessible rooms, for example, I would definitely suggest Fletcher Cleves as a resource. And I'll put a link to his Instagram um, as well. Let me just write that down. So I make sure I give y'all what I said I was. So Wanda's Facebook group, Fletcher's IG. Yeah. So what was next that I had on here? Let me scroll back. Uh, yes. Facebook also newsletters and emails. So outside of my email, which Currently, I don't send often, but I think that I am going to set up a separate list for people who are interested in more frequent information and notifications. I come across like a lot of really dope stuff because of the newsletters that I am personally subscribed to, um, which would include Condé Nast Traveler, Nat Geo, um, the Times has a ton of different options in terms of newsletters that you could subscribe to. So it's really a matter of just finding an author or a topic that is of interest to you. Um, but I subscribe, I think it's like $4 a week or $4 a month or something. I think $4 a month seems a little more reasonable because I can't really see myself spending $16 a month for articles that I may occasionally read. But I want to say it's like $4 a month to subscribe to the times. I do not pay for Condé Nast and I do not pay for Nat Geo. Those uh, three in particular happen to be my favorite outlets to have pop up in my email box in terms of not just travel information, but just worldwide information. There's a ton, I'm universally interested and you're here at Travel and Shit where it's the nuance of travel, like how travel intersects with regular life. So not all things are about, hi, pack this to get to this destination, or you don't want to miss this. A lot of times it's more what's going on in this country, or how does this industry affect tourists, or what are tourists doing to affect this industry? And that, so those are the publications that I personally subscribe to. There are of course others at your disposal, um, but finding outlets that cater to topics of interest for you will best serve you. It's one thing to sign up for, um, say a particular airlines email list so that you can be advised of deals and things, but deals in my mind, for me, in my experience, I will say don't necessarily, um, spark curiosity. They don't, they don't spark that, 
desire of, oh, this is interesting. Let me find something else to read about this. Or now you have opened the window. I am now curious about this topic. This is something that I definitely want to book when I go to this location. Or now this location is of interest to me. So I am now more willing to go. That as the case, those resources of information are definitely part of my travel community because they help shape and influence the way that I make my travel decisions. When I am more aware of, say, what airlines are having more of an issue with their uh, pandemic, and I will say pandemic and not just uh, COVID at this point because monkeypox is a thing. I don't know that monkeypox has reached pandemic level yet, but I know that um, it's not not a concern, right? Um, That, as it stands, I use these points of information. I also listen to other podcasts. Wanda's Black Women Travel Podcast happening to be my favorite um, to tap into you know, listening to the experience of other women and their travels, all of that colors or impacts my level of curiosity. I need but this much information for that spark to go off for me. And now it's, I want to see this for myself. I want to try this for myself, or I'm adding this to the list of things that I'm going to look into possibly finding a way to do for myself. So Community doesn't necessarily always have to be the tangibles. It doesn't have to be someone who you've got the direct line to. Community can also be, you know, the people that are in your social network. Community includes um, resources and outlets that are in line with your interests and will assist in filling in the gaps, filling in the voids and the spaces where you are lacking information and where you are finding an outlet to seek it out, as well as um, informing you of new topics of interest for yourself. So definitely tap into a couple of newsletters. Um, and that, and I mean, newsletters outside of just deals, right? Because deals will say, oh, this is a new place to go. But then the newsletter, well, the deal information may point you in the direction of someplace new to go, whereas a newsletter or a magazine subscription will inform you about places and give you a little more, um, a little more reference and a little more, um, information about these destinations. So the two can absolutely be done in conjunction, whatever your, whatever your steez is. Um, so those suggestions, content creators, podcasts, um, Facebook groups in particular. I could see Twitter also being a spot that you want to jump into in terms of following different accounts, travel and shit, T-R-A-V-E-L-N-S-H underscore T. (laughs) Therefore, you want the Twitters. Um, And other Twitter accounts, whether or not you follow Condé Nash Traveler on Twitter, whether like the same outlets that you may be interested in following a, like, you know, following a newsletter or requesting a newsletter from consider following their Twitter account. Also this way you can kind of control the access to you 
versus them having it in your inbox. And now if you're one of those people like me who can't stand the notification bubbles and just has to clear the emails that aren't necessary, um, Twitter would be an excellent resource for that as well. You can definitely follow the accounts that speak to your curiosities and tap in, check in with them at your leisure. It's not like it's something that is going to overfill your your inbox and, you know, possibly cause some tension. So uh, those are a couple of suggestions in terms of resources to tap into before your trip. Those I would definitely, um, those three are my favorite. Those are the ones that I turn to myself. Now, during your trip, same yet different. So in my experience, having friends to call when my anxiety peaks, when it gets up there, has been a godsend. The first time I went on a super far trip, so what's the best way to phrase this? So not tangentially, like not directly. The first trip that I mentioned when I went to Bermuda. So my mom was a great resource for that, right? Because in my mind, I knew if something happened, she'd be there. I was close enough. I knew she had a passport. She bought the ships. Now I went further, the problem, I want to say it was the second trip. And I ended up having a layover to Casablanca before I ended up in, I want to say Thailand. And was it Casablanca? No, it wasn't because my hair was completely different. In Thailand, I had a bob. I had a box braid bob. And in Casablanca, I had my hair twisted. So I don't know where I went after Casablanca. And in this, oh, it was Barcelona. It was Barcelona. But Casablanca was my layover. And that, good friends, is when this kid got nervous. Um, I ended up calling one of my friends, shout out to Lynn. He really came through and was just like, D, tell me what you're afraid of. Like, what's going on? Talk to me. And in, and then after that conversation, I realized that for me, myself, putting a name on my fear helps me work through that, you know, work through that process. When I try to break down the actual fear that I am experiencing, I tend to kind of come to the conclusion that, okay, so I think I'm good. Or what I think that I am afraid of isn't exactly that, It's more this, and now I can attack what this is. And once I have a name on something, once I have a figure, an idea, once it starts to make sense, then I can kind of work through and break that fear up. That being as it said, that being, I've said that phrase or a variation of that phrase in a few different ways at this point. So bear with me y'all, but that being as it may, um, that phone call definitely helped. So having friends that you can kind of talk your fears out with, absolutely clutch. Um, I had another friend come through for me and then also just knowing who you can call on 
if you need to, should the need arise, can just be like that little, that extra barricade on your heart, if you will. You know what I mean? It just keeps you a little bit more at ease thinking like, okay, if something goes wrong, I know X is going to be my contact. So Bermuda, I knew my mom was my contact. Casablanca, I knew I after that conversation with Lynn that I could, you know, that I was capable of doing this because I do scary things all the time. This isn't the first time that I've been afraid of something and this won't be the last time that I'll be afraid of something. Um, I definitely dove into uh, that process while I was waiting for the flight to board and was able to successfully accomplish that trip with joy. Um, I also had my home girl, Sharmila, talk me out of squandering my trip to London. I have told this story quite a few times at this point. I ended up having London as the final leg to a Euro trip. And by that point, I'd overdrafted in the bank. I had no housing. Like I was just going to wing it, show up and figure it out when I got there. It was a fail. I had like a panic attack in the airport. I sat and cried for like four hours. Um, yeah. And my dad actually did a decent job of calming me down while I was in the airport. And he was just like, baby girl, like I will send you money. It's not a big deal. And it, for me, it just wasn't even about the money. I was jet lagged. I was tired. It was, it was a lot. But when I finally got through that, after the conversation with my dad, who is not very good at calming me in terms of conversation, that's not his bag. My dad is the doer. So if I ever call him with an issue, he will generally stress me out more while then solving the problem for me. It's a, it's a weird thing, but daddy's girl, gang, gang. Um, so he actually did a really good job of calming me down in that airport that day. And then I ended up getting to the hostel that took me four hours to figure out to, to choose. Um, and I ended up getting on the phone with Sharmila and she was like, well, girl, how's your trip? Like what's going on? Talk to me. And I was just like, yo, I'm over it. I'm probably just going to go to sleep. I might grab something to eat. And she was just like, are you serious? Like you're wilding. You didn't get this far to not enjoy it. Girl, go outside. When are you going to be back this? Like, when are you going to be over there again? What, what is like, what you're, you are better than this. Do not wallow. Do not sit in your feelings right now. Enjoy this moment. And that conversation was all it took for me to just agree with my hostel mate at the time to splitting a taxi with her. She was going to get me to go to the discotheque with her. She was from someplace in Europe, sweet girl. And when she saw that I was not changing out of my flannel button up and hiking boots, she was just like, so the club may not be for you girlfriend with me, but we can share this taxi and at least get you out the room and out into the world. And I ended up having a lovely evening actually walking around in the rain go figure. Um, pro tip, one of the fun things I enjoy doing is living regular life in another place. Um, mundane things can be exciting when you're doing them in new environments. Going to the grocery store can be actually exciting when you don't speak the language of the place that you're in. Norway was a trip. Um, I don't speak Norwegian. 
and having to navigate, even though you think the pictures will do most of the talking, um, me universally curious, I'm seeing all of these different products on the shelves and I don't know, like, for example, um, a bowl of like easy Mac or well, easy Mac is pretty easy. I know how to make easy Mac, but like a bowl of ramen, right? Do I add the hot water or do I put water in it and then microwave it? What do I do? I don't speak Norwegian. Fun fact, Google translate will also translate labels. You just have to use the camera option. You hold the camera up to the label and then it'll translate it for you right there on the screen. So clutch. Love that. And so I just walked around the um, supermarket doing that. It was a great grand time. Um, but mundane. It's just going to the grocery store to pick up a few things so I don't starve the next day. And I actually had a good time. It was a nice little uh, excursion, if you will. Um, but I ended up really having a good time just because of that homegirl, because of that phone call, getting out into the community, into the neighborhood that I was at and just walking around, look around you, see what's there, see how similar it is to where you live. Find the little, uh, the, the many differences and the little things that, um, you know, happen around you. I personally find joy in that and I would tend to believe that many of you would as well. Um, another pro tip, make sure someone is aware of your itinerary, especially if you're solo check-ins, whether they are scheduled or not can really mean like the difference in time, in terms of time, if you need help. Um, I always check in with my mom when I, I, well, I always, when I was solo, I'll, you know, shoot her a text. Definitely. Yo, I landed. Even when I travel with my partner, I still text my mom and my best friend. Like I I'm taking off and then I landed. Um, we got to the Airbnb or like we're square, like we're good. I always would be sure to check in with my mom every day, whether it be a phone call or WhatsApp message, just somebody should know I'm alive. Maybe one day might pass, like if it's a really, really busy day, but I think it, I feel like it was kind of rare. Ma, you could chime in and let me know in the comments because my mom watches on YouTube. You could chime in and let me know if, it was an everyday thing or like a most days thing. I feel like it was a most days thing, but it also might've been like an every, my mom's not like, my mom doesn't press me like that. Like she lets me live. But I feel like when I travel, like I generally do a good job of checking in so that someone knows I'm alive. Some like proof of life. Um, so that God forbid something were to happen to me, even if it's something as simple as, you know, um, you lost your phone. Um, someone should know that you're okay because in the off chance that you're not okay, you would hope that someone would try to come to your assistance, right? So it's one of those things where you travel insurance, right? You rather have it and not need it versus need it and it'd be out of your grasp. Uh, let's see. Another tip for during your trip would be to make friends while you're on your trip. That has been, and I, by no stretch of the imagination, am a um social butterfly i am competent and adequate in social settings but i'm also more of a 
a watcher. Like, I don't want to say like I'm a voyeur, but I prefer just people watching. I'm very content eating alone, going to a restaurant, sitting outside and just watching the world move around me or sitting in a window and just watching people walk back and forth while I have breakfast or something like that. Up my, up my alley, in my bag, love it. However, I find that when I travel, I am way more inclined to talk to strangers. I have had the best experiences by just being pleasant. It doesn't take a lot, especially as a solo travel because a traveler, because I feel that people pick up on that, especially other solo travelers, and they are more inclined to shoot the shit with you. And in I can't say that I've even ever really had an instance where and I'm saying this as a New Yorker, I can't really say that I've ever really had an instance where it got real cringy or it got to, mm, mm, but that wasn't me trying to be nice either. I had one taxi driver that was real wild, disrespectful and handsy. But um, other than that weirdo, strike up a conversation. So I would suggest booking excursions and activities done in a group. So that's like excursions and activities 1A. Um, 1B is also excursions and activities, but solo ones. They're both super clutch. So the ones that you do on a group, I personally find that tours that are geared or surrounding culture and or food have the friendliest participants. Um, But especially as a solo traveler, when you're on the bus or in the car or whatever means of transportation, because a lot of um, apps will give you, well, a lot of the excursions will either pick you up and drop you off from where you are, especially if you book through Airbnb and then others, maybe also through Airbnb. um, I've had the experience with Expedia. Also, sometimes you just have to meet at a very popular point, like in the downtown area or the main city area. But either way, whether you're picked up or whether you meet the group, they'll definitely, not definitely, but it's a high chance. It's very likely that there'll be another solo traveler you're going to sit next to somebody in the car or you're going to sit next to somebody on the bus or when you guys do a food break break or a meal break, you'll sit and you'll sit next to somebody. I really like those shoes. How are those comfortable? Or, you know, where'd you get that bag? That's super cute. Earrings. Okay. Polka dots. Like the same way that you would just be friendly to somebody at home is the same way you'd be friendly to somebody out and about. These don't have to be lasting lifelong friendships, but they absolutely have the potential to be. I still, uh, follow a ton of people that I've met on my travels scrolling around like, Oh my gosh, she had a baby. Congratulations y'all. Shout out to, um, I cannot remember the couple's name, but I see their face. Um, I follow both the husband and the wife. They had a baby. Congratulations to y'all. If y'all listening, you know who I'm talking about because we met in Colombia on the trip to Palenque. Um, let's see. I remember another couple. Shout out to, I want to say her name was Sarah. I may be saying that wrong, but she definitely helped me plan another day in Colombia by putting me in contact with her plug that helped her get 
uh, a tour to the Pink Sea. And it turns out that I'd actually made friends with the guy that was the tour guide because he was actually on the tour with us. And so I had texted him, like he had sent me a, he had texted me a photo like on WhatsApp or he had texted me a photo on something. And then I ended up messaging the tour guide that she referred me to. And I'm like, wait a minute, is this the same Marlon? Yes, it is. Oh, it's me. Help. <laughs> um, But I made friends in Cuba. I still uh, follow and keep up with Nikki and Kevin, shout out to Kevin, who was a guest in, I want to say it's episode three or four, um, shit, maybe even five. It was one of the first five or so episodes of the podcast, non-binary travel, still one of my favorite episodes that I've recorded. Um, but have definitely kept up with them. Tessa from Peru. She lent me her, um, her underwater, she is more of a snorkeler, scuba, not snorkeler, excuse me, scuba diver, scuba diver. Um, hey Tess, she scuba, scubas, I guess if that's a truncated version of it, but she let me borrow her phone case so that I could bring my phone comfortably with me to do the, uh, what do you call it? Swim with the sea lines while I was in Peru. And she was just like, I was like, girl, this looks expensive. You sure you want to lend it to me? And she was just like, well, your phone is also expensive and I'm pretty sure you don't want to lose your phone to the ocean. So I trust that you'll do a good job holding on to it. And I was, I see you. That's still a lot of trust girl, but I appreciate you for that. Cause I got some really great footage. Um, but yes, open your mouth, strike up a conversation with the person next to you on your excursion. Um, I've also had really great experiences being the solo person on an excursion, top tier experiences where I've also kept up with my hosts from either, um, mostly the, the hosts that I tend to keep up most with are the hosts from excursions and not so much the ones that were just my Airbnb hosts. I don't think I check in or keep up with any of them. I often want to check in with one Airbnb host in particular tone because she made me feel so like that was the most welcome I'd ever felt by an Airbnb, uh, host ever. Um, I, I really felt like I was a niece of hers. Uh, it was such a good time, but, uh, Ben and Katia from Martinique, they were the hosts of my excursion, which was a really bomb one because it was one of those customizable ones where you basically tell them what you're interested in, what you want to do, and they put it together and that's what you do for the day. Um, I can't remember the other young woman that I had an excursion with in Guadalupe, but she was another provider, uh, tour provider that gave that option of customizing, um, tours, packages, if you will. Marlon in Cartagena, hands down, top tier, one of my faves. I recommend him to all of my friends and family that go to, uh, to Colombia. Um, I actually keep up with Marlon. I, we actually spoke recently, probably maybe like a month or two ago. And I went to, I was in Cartagena, maybe like 2019, end of 2018, maybe 18 or 19, one of the two. I don't retain that information. Dates are not really my jam, 
But um, yeah, so I have had incredible experiences solo with my um, hosts and excursion leaders because you're the only person they have to pay attention to. They'll answer all of your questions. It's really great conversation. Um, and they take all the bomb pictures. But again, I can't stress, I'm a questions girl. I ask a million fucking questions. So I enjoy having someone's attention so that they can either answer the question or even if they don't know the answers, they'll definitely be able to say, all right, well, I ain't really sure about this, but here's what I do know about X that's similar, or here's a resource for this, or the way my grandma puts it, X, Y, and Z. So I've had a great experience in terms of making friends either way, whether they be people that were booking the excursion with me and we kind of just hit it off and became friendly, whether we stayed in contact long after or not. I remember in um, Barcelona, I had the most incredible experience with, I don't even remember the woman's name, but I see her face very clearly. We were such great acquaintances on this day. And I don't think we ever spoke to each other a day after that. We were on a three country bus tour we met in. And this is one of those uh, tours where they didn't pick you up, but they had you meet at a popular destination. So we met outside of like the travel company that, you know, provided the tour, like whatever company hosted the tour, we met like in that general area, but it was a woman sitting next to me. And at some point we just started talking and we took photos of each other for each other. We took pictures together on the trip. We talked throughout the bus ride. Cause mind you, we drove from Barcelona up to Baga, which is in Northern Spain. We went through Andorra and we also went into Southern France. So, and then of course we had to get back. So that was an incredible day. And after that trip, we decided to hang out that evening afterwards. She knew that there was a her husband was, I want to say she was a dentist also. I think she was married to a dentist or another medical provider or a doctor of some sorts. And he was there on some conference or some shit like that, but she was just there with him to take the trip, but didn't have like conference, uh, events and shit to go to. So she was just traveling and being a tourist while meeting up with her husband for like dinner and just like going to sleep or whatever. Um, but We ended up going because she knew about a fair, a local fair that was going on. She was just like, well, we could totally take the train and pop up there. And so that's what we did. We went to a local mall, went to the bathroom and she was definitely, I've been here before, girl, hold on to your bag. I've been pickpocketed like once or twice. So I head on the swivel, eyes open. Um, So again, making friends puts you in the know when you're in certain areas or in certain pockets or doing certain things with information that they may be privy to that you're not. Um, And we ended up taking the train and having the most incredible time walking around, eating and watching different um, performances, singing, dancing, bomb ass fucking time. One of the best travel stories, travel experiences that I have, even though Barcelona as a whole ended up being a trip that I learned a lot on. And I've told that story a bunch of times. Um, so definitely check out, you can go to travelandshippodcast.com and just search Barcelona. And, um, that episode where I will, the Barcelona episode where I, my, was it, would it have been a remote episode? No, I think at that point I would have 
It may have been remote and it may not have been, but you can look that up on the website and the episode that I featured Barcelona in should pop up. Um, And if it doesn't, email me and I will send that to you. There's also, if you weren't familiar, I also have playlists available so that if there's a particular topic that you're interested in, you can get to those episodes much more quickly. Um, Every couple of months I update it and add more recent episodes. So all of the episodes are not listed in the playlist, but you've got well over a hundred episodes that are broken into a playlist. So I've got remote episodes. I've got um, solo travel episodes. I've got road trip episodes. So check out travelshippodcast.com. You can go to right at the top of the page. There'll be a, or if you're mobile, just hit the drop down and you can just scroll to resources. And that's where I have the playlists so that you can, um, you know, check those out if there's a particular topic that you want to dive into immediately. So I am a consumer as well. I consume content. I consume information. So I do my best to, you know, try to make the information that I have as easily accessible to you. So if there is a playlist or a topic in particular that you are particularly interested in, please absolutely send me an email. You can reach me at dcarry at travelandshippodcast.com. Would love to hear from you guys. Also feedback in terms of if there are any broken links, if there is something missing, if something is half there or please, I would love to be part of your travel community reach out to me. I'm very accessible. Um, where was I? Make friends on your trip, book group excursions and activities. I find the ones invoking culture and food tend to have the friendliest participants. I had a great time in Cuba. I had a great time in Colombia. uh, conversation. Oh, don't forget also striking conversations with bartenders, your servers, Uber drivers, and taxi drivers. They tend to be very friendly because it's an industry that, you know, often, lies or relies heavily on tips if not even being friends you know local recommendations i have gotten the absolute best and most um i don't know if thorough is the right one but it's kind of like if you go to an area you don't want to ask necessarily there's some things you would ask an expat and then there are some things you would ask a local i find that when it comes to where do y'all really, really eat? Like, or where's the really, don't give me a touristy spot, like going to jeans in New Orleans, uh, not New Orleans. Um, cause New Orleans has a jeans and I feel like the jeans in New Orleans is actually mad clutch. Like I feel like their po boys are insane. I could be wrong. It's been a while, but like, I feel like Philly, if you're going for a Philly cheesesteak, there are certain tourist spots that you'll go to and get maybe decent food, but then you want to hit the mom and pop shops. You want to hit the spots that are going to have food where locals really fuck with, where people that live here and have options, have time to try a lot of different things are going to, you know, go and eat their food to places where they'll go to feed their friends and family. Like I'd rather eat there as like, if you come to New York and you try to eat in Times Square, that's all tourist food. I promise you, it's all tourist food. Even the Applebee's there don't even taste like the Applebee's, you know, first of all, I mean, Applebee's is an Applebee's is an Applebee's, right? But I feel like there's a distinct difference. I've been to the Applebee's in Times Square. I know it's like 
a local faux pas, but niggas was there. Okay. And we wanted to eat. Um, but you know, in your city where tourists eat versus where locals eat, that translates basically anywhere. Um, will you find good food at a tourist spot? Absolutely. But will you know whether or not you've got better options if you don't ask someone who's from there? No. Ask your server. Ask your bartender. Ask uh, your Uber driver, taxi driver. I've had my drivers recommend certain places. I've also had my drivers recommend what time to leave. I'll never forget Shorty in Costa Rica. Uh, He asked me, you know, I asked for his number. That's another thing that I do. If you have a taxi driver in particular, not necessarily Uber drivers because they are on the app, but if you have a taxi driver that is recommended to you by your host, for example, or someone else in the area or however you get the recommendation. If you even just meet, you know, a taxi driver at the airport that you get good energy from, you can ask them for their phone number and just be like, hey, well, are you relatively available for hire? If I need a ride on Thursday to get back to the airport or I'm actually looking to go to X location, can I call you and have you pick me up? I've generally, I I don't think there's ever been a time where where I've asked the driver for their number and requested that I get a ride at a later date that I don't think anyone's ever said like no to that, you know? So um, absolutely get your number, get a number from your taxi driver. And I was saying the guy in Costa Rica, I feel like he took me to like, um, I guess you could say mid city. Like I stayed in, was it San Jose? Or San Juan, I don't remember, but whatever the capital Costa Rica was, or not the capital, I stayed very near the airport, whatever that general area is right now, it's missing me, but it's either San Juan or San Jose, I want to say. But the driver was that dropped me off was also going to pick me up, and he asked, well, what time are you going to be ready? Like, what time do you want to come back? And I'm like, ah, you know, I don't know. I don't, what, what do you, and he just, and before I even gave him a number, he was just like, I think that you don't necessarily want to be here past six o'clock. It's a very different, um, environment later on in the day. Say less, my guy, meet me at five. I want no part. I want no parts of that. So you'd be, sub- Oh, also happened in Peru. The driver, I remember his face. God bless him. He was such a sweetheart. I think we even took a picture. Um, I felt so bad that I didn't have cash. I wanted to tip him so bad, but I did not have cash. Another reason to have cash on you in instances like this, when you really want to extend that blessing that someone else bestows upon you. Um, But he was definitely telling me like, all right, so I'm bringing you here. This is cool. Hey, a lot of times they'll loop back around. If you find like a mural or wall art or something particular that catches your eye. I remember he did like a U-turn once or twice so that I could see and get a better picture of a mural. My man slowed down for me. Um, he was telling me, all right, so, um, and I stayed in Miraflores. I remember in a past episode, I couldn't remember where it was. And when I stayed in Peru, I stayed in, I guess you could say the city of Lima, but the town of Miraflores, if that makes sense. Like you've got 
the city of Queens. Well, actually, Queens is technically the city of New York, but you've got Queens, the borough of Queens, but then you also have like Jamaica, Springfield, Far Rockaway, Astoria, Laurelton, like, you know, the different little towns within the larger municipalities, I guess, if you will. I don't know how it's broken down in your neighborhood. Can't even say, honestly. Hmm. It's a good question. Is Jamaica. Well, when I put the city nuance, I'll save that conversation for somebody else. Won't bore y'all with it. That being as it may, he definitely was like, peep game. If you're going to cross this street, keep your phone in your pocket, AirPods out, like earbud, um, earphones out, head on a swivel, just pay attention. Look like you know what you're doing, because if you're more likely to get got, chances are it's going to be on that side. So if you cross over this bridge, I want you to pay extra attention to what's going on around you. Straight grandpa status, straight uncle status, like never met this guy before. And he was so willing to just do his best to give me as much information in a short amount of time to keep me safe. And God bless people like that in the world. But again, part of your travel community, community doesn't necessarily have to, you know, look the way you think it will. The same way I always remind you guys that travel is so much more than vacation, right? Travel allows you the opportunity to interact with people like this in environments that you would otherwise not necessarily have the opportunity to engage with them as um, in. And the beauty in travel is that you get to extend your network, extend your community, although sometimes temporary, you're still leaving a bit of your essence with other places. And I also would like to add that that's why I am particular about being an intentional traveler, right? I believe in energies. And the same way I can look back on and reflect on Benny, who was one of my taxi drivers in Costa Rica, not the taxi driver that I was mentioning uh, before that picked me up and told me like, hey girl, six o'clock, let's wrap it up. It's for your own good. Um, Benny was a driver that took me to, to Rubari and we were, that was like a three hour drive. So I had three hours to talk to Benny one way and such an interesting fucking person. Tico, Tito, that's his name. Tito was my, was one of my taxi drivers in Bali, a gem still have his contact on WhatsApp couple of holidays, he will reach out and wish me happy holidays. I'll check in. How are your boys doing? When he picked me up from my, um, this was the swim with the mantas excursion. When he picked me up for that, he had his boys in the truck. So I got to meet his sons. Adorable. I think they were like six and eight at the time. So, you know, these opportunities to improve, exchange energies and to leave that lasting effect the way that these people that I've had the chance encounter to meet on these trips have been able to impart their energies with me that I still hold on to. And I would hope that while someone may not remember my name, that they may remember how I made them feel, or they may remember, oh yeah, I've had pleasant customers before. There are some Americans that aren't totally trash. Um, not that I find myself or ever tried to be a representation of 
Americans or black women or women or black people in that reference. Um, that's not my game. Um, but I know that that is often happening outside of my intent, right? That makes sense. I don't intend to be a spokesperson for any demographic. However, some people will absolutely use their interactions with me to color their perception of people who look or share similar characteristics that I do. Um, as it may be, this is probably like the fifth variation of that phraseology. I enjoy the experiences and the opportunity to have these experiences with people everywhere. I don't, and this is coming from someone, like I said, at the top of the episode, who is not a social butterfly. I am very content sitting alone by myself and engaging with, and that's another thing. I find that as a solo traveler, you have the opportunity to engage with people at whatever your comfort level is. If you don't want to be bothered, you don't have to speak to anybody. If you don't want to be, um, you know, friendly and chatty, cut the conversation short say what needs to be said and keep it moving. Or also don't be afraid to say, you know, I have a lot going on right now. I'm not really in the space for conversation or I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time understanding you. Um, do you have Google translate the app super clutch download the language that the people speak or download the language that you will be, um, trying to translate before you get there so that you don't have to have service or Wi-Fi to do an accurate tran uh, translation or even have this way you don't, if you don't have service, you can still translate. Um, but I have been wonderfully positively impacted by so many different people and energies and spirits and, you know, and I mean spirits in terms of them being grounded to a living human being. Thank God. I don't think I have interacted with any spirits of the metaphysical, uh, sphere, if you will. Um, but being intentional, knowing that I am going for my own ease, knowing that I am going for my own curiosities and explorations opens me up to receive that back. Let the universe know what you want. I had the most, what's the word that I'm looking for? I feel like I manifested the trip of my dreams in Colombia. I said before I went, I said that I wanted to be, I think I said something like I want to be internationally connected or I want to connect with creatives abroad. I want to connect with other creatives and be able to say when I get back home, you know what, let's get some input from someone in Colombia, or I want to be able to connect my audience, my travel community with resources in Colombia. And when I tell you, if you need a plug in Colombia, I got you. I got tour groups. I got drivers. I got photographers. I have, I don't know if ooh, two photographers, two tour groups, one taxi. Um, I don't know if Laura still does her Airbnb experience. Um, 
but recommendations for places to eat places to visit like i got you if you're in cartagena especially um i can't speak to other locations in colombia but all that being said i've met some incredible people that i would still recommend to people years later based on the experience that i had while i was there now as i guess a i don't want to say pro tip but disclaimer <laughs> we're all our own special sauce i am my own special magic you're your own special magic so i can't necessarily guarantee that my experience will be your experience however with the majority of those resources that i would refer you to in cartagena i feel as if they are especially marlin and I would venture to say Nan. I know Nan doesn't, uh, not, is it Nanis or Nanis? I don't know where the accent is. I want to say it's Nanis, but I'm not certain. Um, but she doesn't, at least at the time, she didn't speak fluid English, very little English at all. So we spoke mostly through her friend that translated for us or using Google Translate when we would, you know, text with each other afterwards. Um after our, our meeting, um, cause she took some photos of me and, uh, I still use some of them as headshots. If you've seen them in the blue dress, white glasses, short, I want to say my hair might've been blonde at the time. Um, but Nanise and Marlon, I would say I'd feel comfortable saying that she would still get that same treatment years later now. Um, but again, I am my own magic. You are your own magic. Lead with kindness. Lead with. I don't want to say. Lead with kindness. And I feel as if for the most part, you're straight. People will want, people want to help nice people for the most part. Smile. Ask politely. And the majority of the time, what you're requesting will be granted or an alternative will be offered for you. If they can't help you, a lot of times people say, well, I don't know, but check here. Or maybe this person knows, or don't think that that's an option. Maybe try this. You've resources and all that by asking questions, but also asking politely, hi, do you have a second? Respecting people's time, not just jumping into what your question is. I personally hate that. Don't jump into your ask. Greet me first. Hey, how are you? Um, or like even when you're calling to arrange for things, when you're calling a restaurant to see if you need a reservation, and I always, hey, how are you? Pause. I'm asking how you're doing. If I were on the street, I would do the same thing. So I extend that same courtesy to people on the phone. They're usually thrown off and they are like, what? But some people are like, oh, I'm good. Thank you for asking, actually. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Just had a question about your reservation policy. Well, I need a reservation to come in. I'm looking to be there around 7 p.m. today. It's only gonna be myself. Not fucking difficult, right? So your community extends past people you know, and it extends past people that you intend to hold on to for a long time. Open your mind, if you will, open your travel tool bag to 
ingratiate and kind of accept community as being resources because that's what community is community in real life can and and by real life i mean like your your constant life right like your everyday life like your work your school your friends your neighbors those constants are useful but not the end they can also often reference you to other people like you can ask a cousin that lives in x or has experience with y you know, who would you suggest recommendations? Oh, I'll be in your city. Do you have a nail tech? Do you have, um, you know, a wax lady? Do you recommend somebody for, you know, catering? You're traveling with your partner and you want to surprise them with something. Hey girl, I know you live here. Who do you recommend? Boom. The person that you recommend y'all hit it off. Great energies. I'll book you again. If I come back. Your community is more than the people that you can consistently rely on. And they can also be as useful as the people that you have known for a long, new people can be as useful as people that you have known for a long time. A lot of times, sometimes the people that you just meet are a little more helpful than the people that you've known for a long time. Um, So speaking of community, I would like to remind you again about my community conversation. And I told you to give you more information towards the end. Um, Live travel and shit episode recording. I'm very excited about that. I have special guests, Wanda of Black Women Travel Podcast, Shira of Black Girl World Traveler, and Namery of Taji Magazine, who is the editor of the publication that I write for. I'm actually the travel contributor, the travel writer for Taji Mag. Um, I'll also put a link to Taji in the description so that you can get a, um, look at what the magazine actually is. Cause it's actually something that I support and stand behind as a blackity black, uh, representation in a lot of different lights, not just fashion and, you know, aesthetics, but there's really good content in the magazine, but that's a, um, that's a side plug, but These three beautiful women are all nomads. Well, not nomads, entrepreneurs, because Nay lives in New York with me. But Shira and Wanda are digital nomads. That means that they are location independent. They can support themselves and do their work without being tied to a specific location. Um, And the four of us will be discussing where blackness falls on our hierarchy of self. I came across the James Baldwin essay, the discovery of what it means to be an American. And it really got me to thinking if I were to leave the United States, would I be able to leave behind my personal experience of racism and blackness that I experienced here in the States? Would I be able to leave that behind and try to experience who I D, D carry get to be outside of those burdens, if you will, those weights. Um, it's not a conversation that I wanted to have in a bubble and it's not a conversation that I want to have with just my guests. This is a conversation that I absolutely want to open to you guys because as a travel podcast and as someone who can look on the screen and see where my listeners are 
y'all are everywhere. So I really want you guys to pull up um, and have this conversation with us. There is absolutely space for guests, for, you know, participants that log in and join us for the conversation. It'll be on Zoom. That link will follow once you RSVP. But I want you guys to have a voice as well. I want to hear from the people that I talk to every week. So I would love if you guys would pull up with us. Again, it'll be Sunday, August 21st at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it'll be on Zoom. You can go to travelandshippodcast.com slash events so that you can RSVP to the event. So you will be on the mailing list that I send the link to join the conversation to. So again, that's Sunday, August 21st of this year. Um, and join, you have to RSVP to the event so that I'll actually send you the link and so that you can participate in the conversation along with myself and my beautiful black women guests as we discuss where blackness falls on our hierarchy of self. So that's it for this week. I hope you guys are willing and ready to expand your community so that you can get out there and enjoy travel, whether it be solo, but especially solo if you're apprehensive about it, or also with a group, or if you want to talk your homegirl, your cousin, your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister to go with you, because now you've got the realization and the touch points of expanding your community beyond what you think it may already be. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you guys next week. Bye y'all.